0: One moment, a business is on top of its game, profitable and well-respected. In the next moment, it could be the victim of a major fraud with potentially catastrophic consequences, financial losses, damaged reputation, diminished stakeholder value, scrutiny, even bankruptcy. These stories are all too common in today's business headlines. While some organizations recover, others don't make it. How do you minimize the risk of fraud and avoid the devastation? Welcome to Fraud Talk with host Chris Marquet. Our goal is to prevent your organization from becoming one of the statistics. Now, here is Chris Marquet.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Fraud Talk. I am your host, Chris Marquet, and uh, very pleased to be airing on the Voice America Network platform. Um, this is uh, the debut Episode of uh, Fraud Talk, uh, and if you're not familiar with Voice America, you should check it out. VoiceAmerica.com. They've got a host of programs on ver- all different types of of subjects, and uh, and I'm pleased to be uh, part of the part of the network. So this uh, this pro this weekly program is intended to be uh, you know insightful discussion, education, etc. Uh, for our listeners about the risk of fraud. Today's uh, business uh, environment, and uh, we're going to talk about all different types of white collar fraud, how to respond to it, how to mitigate it, how to re- you know try to prevent it, and that sort of thing. That's uh, that's what we're we're intending to do. Uh, hopefully, educational. Hopefully, entertainment. So, <clears throat> you know, one once a colleague once told me, he said, you know, Chris, fraud happens everywhere, and it happens all the time. In fact. You know, at any time, any organization, there's always somebody who's up to no good. And he was right. Uh, Fraud is everywhere, and it's claiming victims as we speak. Um, I'd like to say, you know, I always like to say there's there's an ambient level of fraud in business. It's just, it's there. And so we need to tamp it down. We need to minimize it. We need to squelch it. Uh, so if, if companies want to you know improve their bottom line, we know there 's fraud out there. The statistics are you know all over the place uh, anywhere from five to ten percent of revenue loss due to fraud, depending on the uh on the industry sector and, and culture and uh, et cetera. So fraud, waste and abuse, you know, what, what's also known as a leakage in organization, it literally translates to to billions and billions of dollars lost in our economy. So if we wanna if we wanna reduce that number, if we wanna increase our bottom line, well just uh, we need to squelch it and tamp it down. If we can do that, then we're gonna we're all gonna be better. So this program uh, will hopefully educate folks. We'll uh, will present lively discussion. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna cover lots of different topics, lots of different fraud areas, schemes, uh, mostly covering white collar I- issues, but also we'll we'll get into some others. Uh, we're gonna talk about embezzlement. Um, One of my favorite topics, embezzlement, which is employee theft, essentially, Um, and its offshoots are larceny, and lots of different types of scheme and embezzlement. Um, I happen to put out a yearly annual report, the Marquet Report on Embezzlement. This is something that uh, you can find at our website, marquetinternational.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-E-T, international.com. But it's an annual report. And um, it focuses on, on the phenomenon of employee theft, uh, really on major cases, because if I'd include data from small cases, less than 100,000, I'd never, never get to my day job. So it's, it's the major cases that we look at. And we'd look at all the different types of schemes. We look at the types of perpetrators, the characteristics of the perpetrators. We look at the characteristics of the victim organizations. Uh, we look at uh, you know some of the some of the consequences and the and the sentencing and and those sorts of statistics and data. Um, again, it's something that um, happens to be one of my favorite topics, but. Um, not the only one. So we're gonna call, we're also gonna talk about Ponzi schemes. We're gonna talk about investment fraud. We're gonna talk about rogue traders, securities fraud. Um, I also put out a uh, a white paper called the Marquet Report on Ponzi schemes. Something that can also be found on our website at MarquetInternational.com. So you can just download those are PDF format uh, documents. Uh, you can you can take them and use them and and have them. Uh, I think they're very interesting interesting, um, facts involved. We'll also go into things such as financial statement fraud, you know, going, harking way back to the eighties and, uh, early nineties and the n of the world. Um, <clears throat> bribery, kickbacks, uh, issues related to the FCPA. That's the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Um, again, something I get involved in, uh, in, uh, investigations, uh, globally around the world. Um, uh, organizations that find themselves in sort of a sticky wicket uh, with uh, people, you know, got their hands out uh, if, if you want to do business with them. So that's it's a tricky issue. It's a it's a problem today. Uh, it turns out that the government is uh, really focused on prosecuting cases uh, involving uh, FCPA alleged violations. So this is a whole area that we'll get into uh, in in other episodes. We'll talk about money laundering. We'll talk about uh, various other employee misconduct uh, cases. Uh, so these are a little tangential, but things like harassment and discrimination, threats, and even workplace violence. Uh, I've written articles and, and such about uh, about those topics. Intellectual property theft, uh, misappropriation of uh, proprietary information and and data from your from your companies. Another huge area. Something. Something that goes on every day, unfortunately, and um, with the mobility of employees uh, going from company to company and people just looking and as we go back to the original statement that is somebody's always up to no good, people take the proprietary data. They try to get a competitive advantage putting your organization's uh, assets at risk. So another, I think, crucial area that uh, that we're going to delve into in this program, Fraud Talk. Um, economic espionage, corporate spying, leaks of proprietary information. Um, again, uh, n- potential risks. we got foreign governments. Uh, trying to take corporate uh, assets uh, as well as uh, your own employees who are leaving and going to other competitive situations. Uh, leaks of proprietary information, this harkens back to you know things like uh, the Hewlett-Packard uh, fiasco where somebody on the board was leaking proprietary information to the press. Uh, now, of course, they had a duty to investigate that, but... Uh, what they did was uh was way beyond the pale in terms of uh um, what they uh how they conducted their inf- their investigation and in fact uh uh got re- got got their uh you know <laughs> got, got into serious trouble about <coughs> uh using investigators who were <laughs> improperly conducting themselves and and gathering information illegally um and whistleblower, whistleblower, key tom cases, those sorts of matters. We'll talk about those as well. The fact is here, no industry is immune to fraud. It uh, you know it hits companies in all sectors of all sizes and all geographic distribution. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll we'll get into we'll get into discussions about fraud in other sectors such as healthcare fraud, Medicare, Medicaid fraud. We'll get into fraud in the banking industry, and uh, you know, credit union seems to be uh, hard hit when it comes to things like uh, employee misconduct and theft uh, involving managers stealing from the credit unions. Um, <clears throat> Fraud in the healthcare. I'm sorry, fraud in the housing and real estate industries. Fraud in construction, in the entertainment business, in and uh, many others. It's funny. I was uh, I was listening to the Comedy uh, Central station and uh, was uh, hearing uh, listening to Dane Cook, who's a comedian, talk and recalling how uh, he. Uh, he had his bookkeeper, I think, ripped him off like 250 grand. Uh, so it happens all across the board. Um, we'll get into some other topics. We'll get into some things such as geopolitical security and terrorism and kidnapping and political risk. Um, I happen to have run the political risk and travel security information uh, group at Kroll back in the. Uh, Some years ago. Uh, So I have some familiarity with that, but uh, uh, hopefully we'll we'll bring on some guests that will help uh, talk about that. It's kind of timely in in today's market. Um, So, some of the prevent, we'll get into all kinds of prevention strategies business controls, vetting of personnel. Uh, due diligence, uh, background screening, resume fraud. I wrote a, an article about resume fraud. Uh, I don't know a dozen years ago, and that uh, that got a lot of attention. It's uh, about the top ten lies of resume fraud. It's still it's still out there today. Uh, and on my website, I've got a kind of a fun spot called the uh, the the uh, um, resume liars, and you can check that out too. It's sort of uh, high profile high profile cases. Um, <clears throat> So just a little bit about myself. Again, Chris Marquet. Um, I started at uh, – I've been in this the investigative business for 31 years, hard to believe. Um, started at Kroll way back when, right out of Dartmouth College, and uh, got involved in lots of different kinds of cases. I mean literally over, over this time frame, I've been involved in – literally thousands of cases involving everything from fraud, employee misconduct, uh, fact-finding on all kinds of areas. Um, But uh, more recently, about seven years ago, I started my own firm called Marquet International, and uh, and I get involved in a whole slew of things from litigation support to uh, investigations around the globe. Uh, doing employee misconduct matters. That's sort of uh, one of our specialties. I've got uh, sort of uh, what I call the, the the fraud SWAT team, which I can airdrop into situations around the country and uh, around the world, in fact, uh, with clients uh, uh, facing an issue that uh, might be something uh, uh, <clears throat> happening immediately. Um, so So this has been, this has kind of been a fun ride for me. I've been, uh, been doing this for, for quite some time. I started a blog called Fraud Talk. That's something you can, uh, you can go visit, uh, Fraud Talk at blogspot.com. Check it out. It deals with a lot of the employee misconduct and embezzlement type cases. Um, and, uh, and that's actually how I started getting involved in this this whole, uh, this whole issue and writing the white paper and the the embezzlement report. Um, I just it was astounded me as we got into it, um, you know, how every single day there was something new. Uh, and we'll talk about this next segment. We're going to talk about uh, we'll do the fraud of the week. We'll talk about some of the cases and the ripped from the headlines. Uh, later on, we're going to have uh, a guest. A friend of mine, John Verna, who I work with at Kroll and who is an expert in business controls, and also sits on the is also the chairman of the Center for Strategic Business Integrity. Uh, something full disclosure: I happen to sit on the board of. So. I would like to thank everybody for joining me this uh, this first episode, and uh, we will be taking a break uh, in, a, in a few seconds here. Thank you all again, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple minutes.
0: Our highly competitive business world is fraught with risks and challenges. Critical business decisions must be made on a daily basis with precision when significant capital is at risk. When your organization is faced with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Marquet International, global experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Marquet International Professionals assist organizations with vetting key individuals and businesses as well as conducting sensitive employee or executive misconduct investigations. Our experts work with Corporate counsel to develop facts and intelligence related to parties and circumstances in litigation, including conducting interviews, deep background investigations, and asset recovery inquiries. We are recognized in the area of fraud investigations, response and business controls consulting. When circumstances require sensitive and and professional fact finding turn to marquet international world leaders in investigations and risk mitigation visit marquet or call 617-733-3304 how do you feel about the future tune in each week for visionary leader extraordinary
2: life with host kate ebner
0: You are tuned in to Fraud Talk with Chris Marquet. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to Chris at International.com. That's C-H-R-I-S at M-A-R-Q-U-E-T international.com. Now, back to Fraud Talk.
1: Welcome back, Fraud Talkers. Thank you again for joining me today. We, uh, You can call in. We'll, get, we'll take some calls a little bit later eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero that's eight six six four seven two fifty seven ninety is the number to call into if you'd like to uh, to chat uh, have a question or whatnot um, as I mentioned we'll have a guest special guest John Verner will join us uh, next segment um, but what I'd like to talk about now is uh, just to uh, to highlight what I I mentioned before, uh, as I said, you know, at any point, at any time, in any organization, there's always some to, somebody who's up to no good, and uh, that just shocked me when I was uh, writing my fraud talk blog, and that is, you know, how prevalent uh, employee misconduct, in this case, embezzlements, are major cases that happen every single day, and so. Each week, I'm going to be highlighting uh, what I'll call the uh, the fraud of the week. Um, but just be you know just beyond that, if you look at you know if I, I just look back the last few days, literally. Uh, the last few days and some of the cases uh, in the headlines, you know, we have a guy out in Kansas, the city clerk of a of a town. Uh, I'm sorry, it's a gal a woman named Alice Riley, who's accused of uh, stealing about almost two hundred thousand dollars from from uh, from the little town out there and in, uh, in Kansas. So her trial is about to start. Uh, we have a, a fellow in uh, Twins Falls uh, who's. Uh, accused of forgery and embezzlement. Uh, Scott Michael Yore, uh, 49 years old, embezzled more than hundred almost $150,000 from uh, his former employer, um, <clears throat> basically forging, depositing checks uh, into his personal bank accounts. How completely uh, common is that? It's amazing. Uh, that happens uh, with regularity. Um, <clears throat> a case out in... Uh, A case out in uh, Michigan, former administrator of uh, veteran's home, uh, a fellow named Michael Campbell, 57 years old, who's alleged to have uh, taken as much as $250,000 over a five-year period um, from his employer. Uh, That case is ongoing. Uh, Another one, a fellow uh, in Ohio uh, who... um, who stole allegedly a, name, a fellow named Alan Mizen, M-I-Z-E-N, stole more than $350,000 uh, from a uh, an organization that uh, was meant to uh, help the town's poor people. Um, <clears throat> again, Nonprofits, uh, entities, uh, governmental entities; those are often uh, victims of this type of fraud. Uh, so we have these things that are happening uh, on a regular basis, um, and it's uh, it's unfortunate. Um, uh, we have another one uh, in California, a fellow named Robert Perez, uh, who allegedly stole more than a million dollars uh, from his uh, from his fire department. I'm sorry, not quite a million, over a hundred thousand uh, dollars. In Zanesville, another uh, another Midwestern case. Stephen Stoicks, uh worked for a, a local contractor, uh, 44 years old, allegedly embezzled. Um, million Uh, and he was just sentenced to two and a half years in prison. Thankfully, one of the good things about this that's happening, I think is uh, you have these cases going on, but they're being found out and they're being uh, prosecuted. Uh, That's, that's critical. I think in the old days, uh, back in, back in, you know, when I was a, a, a pup at Kroll, um, a lot of these kinds of cases, companies were, you know, they, they just they didn't want to have the attention, they didn't want to have the negative publicity, they were loath to bring attention to these cases. And, and a lot of the major ones, they a lot of cases would get kind of like quietly settled and swept under the rug. That's not such that's not the case uh, so much these days. Uh, it's happening um, uh, where. Prosecutions occur, and that's something I, I preach to my clients all the time. Uh, you want to bring attention to this. You don't want to have somebody go from one one company to the next. You want to put them on. You want to put the world on notice that uh, that a particular individual, uh, if they've uh, in, been involved in misconduct, that they get um they get prosecuted to the full extent of the law and that's that that sets a, a public record it sets a precedent for your organization it um it uh, it really sends the, a better message I believe uh, when you do that kind of thing um, so the, uh, the case of the week, <laughs> this one takes the cake. Uh, it just, it's just rich. We have two fellows, one now a former employee uh, of uh, Delta Airlines, uh, actually originally employed, employed by Northwest, uh, who, are, uh, who are alleged to have embezzled as much as $22 million in, uh, in a classic vendor fraud scheme. Um, Delta Northwest merged back in 09 and it ultimately succeeded in being Delta so that's why Delta's involved but a fellow named Michael Yador Y E D O R and a fellow named Paul Anderson uh, conspired um, according to the um, to the criminal indictment and the um, the US Attorney's office um, This fellow, Paul Anderson, was employed uh, since 1979 by Northwest, and so what he did uh, over the course of about nine years from 2009 to 2013, uh, he approved uh, – Invoices from that were submitted by Yador, which were fraudulent. In, fact, in effect, um, numerous, numerous invoices would come in uh, for goods and services not uh, not provided uh, to the airline, and they ran in. You know, they ran from about eleven thousand dollars up to over two hundred thousand dollars at times uh, over the course of. Uh, over the course of those nine, almost 10 years. Um, now this fellow Anderson, he, um, he supposedly – he worked for the group in their IT and sort of technology uh, arena. Um, and the company that Yador so allegedly ran, Airborne Voice and Data, that, uh, that was the company that he used as the vehicle to, uh, to basically um, fleece the company. And what happened is uh, Yador, who is uh, 62 years old now, out of Los Angeles, um, he would uh, submit those invoices. Uh, for basically uh, goods and services not provided. They would be approved by Anderson, who's uh, 57 years old from Apple Valley, Minnesota. Um, And they would be approved and paid. And so Yador would then kick back to uh to our good friend anderson uh for uh some a portion of uh a portion of the proceeds uh, not exactly clear how much was uh, kicked back but this is a classic classic vendor fraud scheme um what these guys did well they went and spot, spent the money uh just you know living the high life uh of luxury and and uh lavishness um investigators and authorities uh, indicated that <clears throat> lots of money was spent at you know places like uh, Cartier, Chanel, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Sachs, and Hermes uh, in Los Angeles. Um, and, uh, you know, this is typical. A lot of the money, if you have these kinds of cases, a lot of the money is simply not going to be recoverable. It's spent. It's gone. It's uh, gambled away, or it's pissed away in one way or another. Um, they just, uh, they indicted these folks. Uh, I, I cheated. It's actually, the case is 10 days old now. Uh, they indicted these folks and actually unveiled the indictment on June 27th, uh, mm-hmm. after Yador was arrested and he was arrested on his 72 foot yacht out in San Diego. Um, and, um, but anderson um hasn't been arrested at least as of this writing uh he may or may not be a fugitive it's unclear from what the us attorney's office has said so if you're familiar with this fellow uh, up there you folks up in uh up in minnesota <laughs> Uh, we're looking for Paul Anderson, and uh, I'm sure the authorities would uh, appreciate any tips onto, as to his, his whereabouts. But this uh, this fraud went on for almost 10 years. Uh, we know these things go on. Uh, my studies show that they last, they span a good uh, four and a half years on average. Uh, so 10 years, a little bit more. But I can probably guess and guarantee that if um if our friend mr uh, anderson was uh embezzling you know in this particular manner um he was probably also involved in other schemes uh, to defraud Northwest and Delta uh, that, uh, <clears throat> that went along with this or were separate from this, where maybe if there were a conspiracy, involved other people. I mean, interestingly enough, uh, these kinds of cases, uh, conspiracies are difficult to, to, uh, to manage because you've got more than one person uh, by definition, and that's a risk. Uh, because, uh, one person could, uh, go south on you and, uh, boom, your conspiracy gets, uh, blown out of the water. Most embezzlements from, from my data, my analysis, most of these major embezzlement cases are a single individual, but they do, they span a long, long time and, uh, and that's how they can rack up, you know, tens and hundreds and even millions of dollars in, in damages to your comp- company. So uh, so that's the fraud of the week. And uh, it's a great case uh, and a typical case, um, according to the U.S. Attorney Sally uh, Quillen Yates. The indictment, quote, the indictment is an important first step in finally bringing these defendants to justice after so many years of engaging in fraud, end quote. And I would certainly have to agree with that assessment. So we'll be back. Thank you very much.
0: The competitive business world is fraught with risks and challenges. Critical business decisions must be made on a daily basis with precision when significant capital is at risk. When your organization is faced with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Marquet International, global experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Marquet International Professionals assist organizations with vetting key individuals and businesses, as well as conducting sensitive employee or executive misconduct investigations. Our experts work with Corporate counsel to develop facts and intelligence related to parties and circumstances in litigation, including conducting interviews, deep background investigations, and asset recovery inquiries. We are recognized in the area of fraud investigations, response and business controls consulting. When circumstances require sensitive and professional fact-finding, turn to Marquet International, world leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit marquetinternational.com or call 617-733-3304. What do business and sports have in common? Both are based on competition, and the goal of each is the same, to win. If you're in business, you need an edge over your competitors. You need to innovate and improve. You need to make adjustments to stay ahead of your competition. Tune in to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Get the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. The Business Locker Room airs live every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel.
2: in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time.
0: Up to date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866 472 5790. 866 472 5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Tuned in to Fraud Talk with Chris Marquet. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to Chris at Marquet International.com. That's C-H-R-I-S at M-A-R-Q-U-E-T international.com. Now back to fraud talk.
1: And we are back. Welcome back, Fraud Talkers. Uh, we are also at on Twitter at Fraud Talk. Uh, Also, uh, hashtag Fraud Talk. So uh, if you want to tweet, that's great. Uh, Or follow us on Twitter, at Fraud Talk. Um, Again, the number to call in is going to be 866-472-5790. And we'd we'd welcome your calls. So Today we have a special guest uh, a fellow named John verna, uh, who i 'd like to welcome to the program John how are you today
2: uh, chris i 'm fine i 'm fine. Good to uh, talk with you
1: <clears throat> thank you, John. terrific. welcome to have you john i 've known John for over twenty years. John uh, joined Kroll back in the early nineties uh, which, which uh, I had been with i think maybe ten years before that hard to believe but uh, John and uh John uh, John is an interesting character. He is a certified fraud examiner as well as a CPA by training. Uh, he got uh, an MBA uh, from Cornell, and uh, he uh, he's been uh, in this business also, I think, for at least as long as I. Comes out of uh, Coopers and Librand, uh, or I guess uh, yeah, Coopers and Librand originally. Price right. Coopers. Um, and uh, came to join Kroll, and actually began the uh, the financial investigative group and the business controls practice. What uh, what came became known as the total business controls consulting practice, where essentially um, we'd help uh, organizations. That uh, usually this is sadly after the uh, the horse has left the barn. Uh, some some horrible thing occurred. Some major fraud or some uh, some terrible. Misconduct uh, went down, and uh, the company was looking to try to 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 prevent uh, future uh, occurrences. And so John uh, John um, headed up that practice and really developed it and uh, built it at Kroll. Uh, but John also, more recently, in the last uh, year and a half or so, started the Center for Strategic Business Integrity, the CSBI. And in the interest of full disclosure, uh, I happen to sit on the board of the Center for Strategic Business Integrity. Uh, But John started the group, and uh, its motto is Semper Vigile, uh, uh, Latin for always vigilant. Uh, And as we find, uh, fraud, waste, and abuse, uh, it flourishes when oversight fails. And that's, uh, I think, uh, where I want to begin with. John, Uh, why don't you tell us about the center and and how you got into it and, and why it's important?
2: You bet, Chris. I, I'd be delighted to, to get into this with you. I, I understand we have about eight hours to do this.
1: Yes, we do.
2: Yes. Okay, great. Well, we'll try to <laughs> squeeze it into to eight minutes. But before I, I start down that road, uh, I have to make a comment on your, um, your Minneapolis uh, fraudsters and the fact they were spending money on Louis Vuitton. Um, you know, I, I've got to top that one. Um, years ago, we investigated and resolved a fraud involving a fella whose nickname was the Baloney Man, and uh, and the reason he got that nickname, Chris, was he took his ill-gotten gains and he went out and he uh, he bought delicatessens. So it's you know you just never know where these guys are coming from or where they're going to. And uh, you know over the, over the years, um, you know I've met many famous and and some infamous people, including. Including people like Jeff Skilling from Enron and so forth, and uh, and some of these folks I you know I help send to prison, and and so I've learned a few things from from you know working on the dark side with these characters, and uh, you know, it was just absolutely uh, you know a, a fascinating area. Um, uh, fraud fraud prevention is not a science; it's an art, and uh, you know quite frankly. My exposure over the years to, uh, to people um, like the good folks from, from Enron and, and uh, even the bankruptcy of uh, Orange County, California, have, have sort of you know, brought to the forefront uh, a couple of important issues. Uh, look, uh, <clears throat> our nation, our culture is, is at serious risk. The meltdown of 2008 and 2009 is proof of that. And, the, you know, the question is, will we be ready for the next great financial meltdown? Because, you know, because it's coming. And, uh, you know, a lot of this is, is triggered by um, lack of oversight and supervision at the level of the board of directors our, of our great American enterprises and institutions. Exactly.
1: Yes. It's yeah.
2: a very serious issue. You know, um, corruption, corruption in its broadest sense, Know weakens our free market system, and uh, quite frankly, the best defense in our corporations against fraud, waste, and abuse is the active and skilled, competent um, oversight and direction provided by the, the board of directors. I mean, that's the whole point of having a board of directors, is for them to direct our great publicly owned institutions. You know, it, well, it, it, but
1: but John, it also occurs, and we talk about not just publicly traded entities, but you look at nonprofits, which are particularly susceptible, and non-governmental entities, and and you know small businesses, family-run businesses, um, uh, charities, you name it. Those entities are particularly at risk. No?
2: Oh, absolutely. You're absolutely right. I mean, you know everything. Everything we're talking about, you know. Touches every type of of enterprise and, and organization from from government through publicly held companies through not for profits to the privately held companies. I mean, years ago, you may remember that uh, that I was retained by the um, uh, the grand jury of the county of Orange in California to look into the roots of why one day one of the wealthiest counties in the United States suddenly wound up bankrupt and out of business. And, uh, you know, again, that's a story that would take eight hours to tell. But the bottom line was that the, the Board of Supervisors of Orange County, California, who were responsible for, for directing um, the county operations and the oversight of their treasury functions where the, where the, uh, the fraud and the bankruptcy occurred, you know, the, these guys were essentially the three stooges times two. They were simply missing in action. It was executive incompetence of the highest level, and uh, it drove the, uh, the, that incompetence drove the failure of oversight and caused the bankruptcy. And, you know, so it, it, it's wherever you find people, it's human nature that, that, as you said earlier in the program, there's going to be a problem. We've got 315 million people in the United States today, and, and I can guarantee you, I can stake my life upon it, at any one time there's a um, there's a small number of them who are up to no good and can cause massive <laughs> issues massive That's my problems. line.
1: That's my line. So John bring, <laughs> that's that's, bringing that's ba- yeah, bringing us but... back bringing us back to the Center for Strategic Business Integrity. Tell us uh, about the, the the center its mission and uh, and what you hope to to accomplish with that, and I would I would encourage our listeners to check it out. It's called the Center for Strategic Business Integrity um, Center SBI is the website. Um, tell us about it. Tell us more about it, John.
2: You bet you, betcha. And, and and thank you for bringing me back uh, uh, off of one of my tangents, Chris. I appreciate that. Um, look, the the center is is all about um, um, you know helping to uh, make better strategic decisions. In our, uh, in our corporate entities as well as our governmental entities and helping to um, ultimately prevent corruption. As I said before, I've learned a few things. One of the things I've learned is that in a, well, in a well-organized, well-run, competently run organization, the opportunities for fraud, uh, theft, abuse, embezzlement of, of every flavor and size and shape is greatly reduced. And uh, after many, many years of being exposed to the to the uh, the dark side of our economy, um, you know, I came to the conclusion that that um, some of us had to get together and stand up and try to improve the the decision making competency and the, the skills for deterring corruption in our boards, the board the board of directors of any institution, whether you call it a board of directors or a, or a supervisory board in a government entity. These are the individuals, the people, who are best positioned to spot and deter uh, irregularities, serious business irregularities, long before the damage can be done. Uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious, I think, to everyone at this stage of the game that, that the regulators, the outside auditors, and, and the other oversight tools that operate around our, our economy and in our great institutions you know, God bless them. They failed. Um, you know, otherwise we would not have uh, things like Enron and Global Crossing, Bernie Madoff, and and so forth. Um, but if you look at, if you take t- two steps back and you look at the the um, the structure of organizations at the strategic level, the highest level, what you see clearly is that the the best group positioned to make sure things are running properly and that. Fraud and corruption are deterred. Is the board of directors, and we right. came so together. A group of us came together to create uh, the Center for Strategic Business Integrity to uh, to help professionalize uh, the individuals that sit on boards or advise boards of directors. You know, we we've got to make sure that people that sit on our board of directors, Chris, know how to spell P and L right so John have, yes go ahead. so please.
1: we we have about a minute or less than a minute um, and we can talk about this uh, continue talking about this in the next segment but right. uh, uh, the center so what you're saying the center helps train uh, board members and uh, board advisors uh, in and in in Uh, As as members of the uh, as directors, and also certifies them. Tell us about the. Well, we got about thirty seconds, John. We got. uh, Tell us about the certification.
2: Yes. Again, we are attempting to professionalize people that sit on boards and to give some validation to uh, to the outside world that they have the proper set of credentials, skills, and accomplishments to fill those very critical roles.
1: Good. So actually, we'll talk a little bit more about the certification. Uh, You can get a certified board uh, advisor certification from the Center for Strategic Business Integrity. uh, And that's something uh, I I, uh, encourage folks to check out. Again, full disclosure, I happen to sit on the board of the CSBI. Um, So uh, that's it for this segment. We'll uh, come back. We'll talk more with John. We'll take your calls. Once again, uh, call in to the number 866-472-5790 if you'd like to chat with us. Uh, Thank you. We'll, We'll be back in a minute.
0: stocks bonds investment opportunities financial news and talk we can help call us now toll free 866-472-5790 866-472-5790 voice america business network are you and your business well prepared for what you may ask Well, what about workplace violence, cyber attacks, or general business disasters? Listen for Fear is Negotiable, Business Survival Skills 101, with your host, Pamela Hill. We'll bring you case studies of the businesses that don't prepare and the consequences that can happen. We'll also bring you best practice strategies that can help you keep your business running smoothly. Tune in to Fear is Negotiable, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. The highly competitive business world is fraught with risks and challenges. Critical business decisions must be made on a daily basis with precision when significant capital is at risk. When your organization is faced with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Marquet International, global experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Marquet International Professionals assist organizations with vetting key individuals and businesses, as well as conducting sensitive employee or executive misconduct investigations. Our experts work with Corporate counsel to develop facts and intelligence related to parties and circumstances in litigation, including conducting interviews, deep background investigations, and asset recovery inquiries. We are recognized in the area of fraud investigations, response and business controls consulting. When circumstances require sensitive and professional fact-finding, turn to Marquet International, world leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit marquetinternational.com or call 617-733-3304. Always talking business, talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Fraud Talk with Chris Marquet. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to Chris at marquetinternational.com. That's C-H-R-I-S at M-A-R-Q-U-E-T international.com. Now, back to Fraud Talk.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back, Fraud Talkers. Uh, we've been chatting with uh, John Verna, my old colleague at Kroll Associates, and uh, he's now running the Center for Strategic Business Integrity, uh, a groupy, uh, an entity he started uh, about a year and a half ago or so, maybe two years now. Uh, and again, full disclosure, I happen to sit on the board with John uh, uh, for the center, and uh, we were talking about its mission and uh, the certification that, uh, that it provides, and that is a certified board advisor. John, you want to tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Yes, sure. Uh, Chris, listen... In the United States, you, in most states, you must have a license to cut hair. But you do not need any kind of certification or any type of uh, regulatory approval to sit on the board of directors of a private enterprise or a supervisory board of a government entity for the most part, although banking is a little tighter. The rest of the economy is just the Wild West. And uh, when you when you again go back to our mission, now we're convinced that it's the good folks that sit on the boards of our enterprises who are best positioned to prevent uh, fraud, waste, and abuse. But they have to have they have to have the right skills. They have to have the right accomplishments to do this. They've got to understand the business model uh, of the uh, of the entity that they're providing oversight for, and they have to have the skills to get beneath the surface and the The Center for Strategic Business Integrity is all about research and education and training and the certification of individuals who clearly demonstrate that they have superior uh, strategic decision-making skills, and they understand what corporate oversight is, and they have the skills uh, to be able to effectively provide, um, you know, oversight of the entities that they're responsible for, and when you sit on a board, Chris, it's a big deal. You're yeah, responsible. It's sh-
1: I mean, it's shocking. You know, you got to get your hair, you know, to be a hairdresser, you need a license, but uh, to sit on the board of a multi-billion dollar entity, you don't. Or non I, you know, what I found, John, is a lot of these small businesses, a lot of these nonprofits, profits uh, religious organizations, you name it, uh, there are trustees, there are board members, and these are folks, you know, if, if the Art Institute that has the, you know, the art aficionados and lovers of art who don't necessarily know a darn thing about oversight and and financial controls, and unfortunately it t- often leads to uh, a victimization by a bookkeeper or what have you
2: Oh absolutely um, absolutely chris and and you know but there's no place where, where you can go here in the United States and be able to uh, recruit a board member for your organization where you have some level of, of even minimal even minimal assurance that they have the proper skills, the hard-edged executive-level skills to be able to sit on a board and direct an organization. And that's what we're trying to accomplish with uh, the creation of the Center for Strategic Business Integrity. Now, uh, we're, so, we're going to be John,
1: yeah, let me, let me uh, just uh, put you on hold for a second here, and uh, I'd like to take uh, our first caller. Uh, Matthew from Pennsylvania has got a question about uh, resume fraud. Matthew, go ahead.
2: Yes, thanks for taking my call, Chris. Here's well, question.
1: Welcome, welcome to Fraud Talk.
2: Thank you. I'm enjoying your show. The question is Good. this. Checking resumes in the U.S. is challenging enough, but how about checking resumes from people from, say, the U.K.? I'm recruiting for a board member for a U.S.-based company. They need a board member, want that person out of the U.K., but quite frankly, it's not only challenging. Uh, some of the things you say scare me half to death. Can you uh, talk a little bit about resumes from foreign firms?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Matthew, and thank you for the question. Uh uh it is. I mean, doing a background check in the United States is relatively straightforward. There's a lot of public record, um, and of course, you can you can check uh, you know people's references and what have you. Uh, but even in the United States, uh, depending on the jurisdiction, uh, some of the records simply you know don't go. Ex- they're, they're they're not available online or what have you. They don't go back far enough, uh, and even references that you might call is it is it a a, a reference that's uh, true and correct or is it a phony? references i've had cases like that where uh, people put down their relatives as references of course they're all going to be good but foreign doing uh, investigation doing trying to do vetting of people from overseas becomes another challenge uh, and that is uh, number 1 because the public record is uh, is much less and number 2 uh, some of that public record is, you know, just simply comes into question when we're talking about uh, uh, developing countries. Uh, number three, uh, there are um, uh, privacy laws are even stricter than here in the United States. So. What happens is one typically has to rely more on human intelligence sources, you know, networking in and around the industry, in and around the individual, and trying to talk to people. And this can be done, you know, relatively anonymously. It doesn't have to be done in conjunction with, uh, you, know, you know, naming uh, who the client is and whatnot. Um, but, uh, but it does pose a, a significant challenge. One of the other challenges, of course, it's it gets expensive, uh, a lot of time involved a lot of effort that uh, me- needs to be expended uh you, you know you're trying to recruit somebody who's a, from for a nonprofit uh from overseas it becomes difficult and expensive and sometimes even prohibitive and uh i think it puts organizations at risk when they when they cut corners john do you have an extra comment on that
2: yes i i think it is uh, a very timely topic and one of the big issues you have to realize and again it comes back to the board of directors which is which is my area of interest at the moment, is that you've got to know who's sitting on the board, and what their background is, what their skills are, and also what the quality of their character is. And you've got to get behind the scenes with these individuals and understand who they really are. And and are they going to be the type of person you want directing a corporate or government enterprise?
1: Precisely. Yeah, we uh, we can't emphasize enough how important that is um, uh, to vet uh, vet uh, board members, uh, particularly and anybody. Frankly, anyone in a fiduciary role uh, needs to be uh, severely uh, vetted. Uh, Matthew, does that answer your question?
2: It does. It gives me a lot to think about. You know, I'm sure that um, for you, for me, and for your guest, integrity is the big thing. So that's the scary part. But um, yeah. thanks for the feedback. I'm enjoying your
0: show immensely.
1: Appreciate it, Matthew. Thanks for calling in, and uh, I would encourage other callers as well. We are getting close to the uh, to the end of the program here, um, so, uh, John. Um, anything? Any last uh, comments about the center and your mission?
2: Uh, you know what, Chris? I I I, I think we need to uh, we need to come into the 21st century in the United Kingdom today. In order to sit on a um, board of directors of a publicly owned company, you must be trained and you must be certified. And uh, and even in the UK with non for profit organizations and privately held companies, that that set of requirements, that type of certification, is filtering down as best practices for people that sit on, independent people who sit on boards of private companies. And I think that's where the United States has to go. Uh, The stakes of the game are simply too high. We we need to do a better job.
1: Fair enough. No, I, I totally agree. And of course, I sit on the board. So I want to thank all the listeners. I uh, appreciate everyone joining us for Fraud Talk today. Uh, join us again next week, same time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific Coast Time on the Voice America Network. Thank you all for joining us. And we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John, for for uh, joining me today. We'll, thank you for uh, having we'll me. Ha- we'll ha- not a problem. Thank you all. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Fraud Talk this week. Please join Chris Marquet again next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Don't become a victim of fraud. Tune in for another show soon.